0: How's it going, everyone? So the reason for this podcast is that me and my dad this weekend are going to be giving a talk at a men's retreat, and uh, I figured we might as well talk about the topics we're going to cover here on the podcast, both so that um, we can put it out as a podcast and so that we can have a little more practice running through um, the ideas. So anyway, I'm sitting down here with my dad, and we're having coffee and. Um, yeah, anything... Uh, Let me throw in around throw the front in porch, so uh, if yeah. you
1: hear the car's going by, and yeah, yeah. just yeah. enjoy it. We, we, yeah. Uh, anyway, front porch, and here we go. Yeah, Let's so cars thing.
0: are passing, and we got some rain on the uh, tin roof here, so there's a little bit of background noise. but um, Anyway, so the first topic that we're going to be covering is the four temperaments. The reason for this is that it's quite common for many of us to go through life and not really feel like we know who we are we just wander through life kind of for many people their only um, encounter with their innate shape is the comments that some school kids made maybe the comments that their parents made and those things aren't always super accurate sometimes the kid at school said the thing about you because he wanted to get the attention of the hot girl standing next to you and not because that's intrinsically the way you are so um, I want to go through the four temperaments these words are um, Greek words, but don't let that um, catch you off guard. So the first one is the choleric.
1: Well, Zach, before you jump in there, let yeah. me say, my mom, you know, most parents are not going to sit down. They're busy making money and providing, and you go down the baby aisle, and it's like 50 bucks back in the day when, we were, when you were young. Um, so people are raising their kids, but no one's ever told me anything really about my shape or anything. I had to find it in a sales meeting Uh, in atlanta uh when i was a young adult and my only thing i remember it's funny i only remember my mom saying jimmy i think you could be a dancer (laughs) And it's because when i was young i was kind of in good shape and all that so here i am replaying this thing my mother said about me It, it, it carried so much weight right because no one ever told me anything about me i mean i didn't know i mean i had no idea yeah and and i think that we're doing an injustice to people right that we care about not to say hey i noticed this quality i noticed this certain ability and quality so let's do it yeah
0: no i think that's a great uh example um and it's kind of a tragic thing how common that probably is right Mm -hmm. it's not that dancing is the thing that really most fulfills your shape it's that people had so few comments you right. had so that's few right. comments of that type that that one hit hard it, yes you know and yes that's a really obviously your mom had a ton of kids so you know so it was she had her hands full and and she's a wonderful person but but it is a, a pretty tragic thing that you would go years without having any indication of of where you might be useful. So every time Chip and Dale came up, I was like, <laughs> I perked up. Like, out? hey, Mom! <laughs> Hang on <laughs> a minute. I, did I
1: miss the boat somewhere? I should be yeah. on that boat. you know." And that. it's
0: so common for all yeah. people to feel so yeah. insignificant yes, and yes. Uh, to just wander through life that way. So the thing I want to do with this temperaments thing, I'm glad you stopped me before I just ran into it, but yeah, um, the thing I want to do with the temperaments is I'm going to read out uh, strengths and weaknesses and what... As you, the listener, um, first we're going to go through the weaknesses and just see if you identify with any of them. And um, if you're struggling right now, it's very possible you might struggle. Or I mean, sorry, you might identify with weaknesses a lot more than the strengths. Right. But once you find the weaknesses that sound like you, then perk up when I when I list the strengths because they're going to yes. indicate where you want to spend your time. Yes. For example, yes. I'm very melancholic um, So I'm very prone to Things like depression And so I, I spend a, a good portion Of my uh, life Wrestling with that But yes. to get beyond that uh, Is not to say Well I'm going to be someone else now It's to look at What the strengths of that Shape are yes. if, if you are that way, what else are you? If you are very sensitive Um, to negative emotion, are there upsides to that, and if so, what are they, and how can I spend so much time doing them that I almost don't notice uh, the depression as much, because I'm busy. That's good. Um, So, um, hold on, I'm trying to... my phone is freezing up here. I can cut this out, actually. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to go through the four types. We're getting ready to
1: just jump right in here, but I do want to mention that uh, a lot of people, and it's kind of maybe our pride, that we don't like some personality temperaments, which we're Mm going to get into them. This is you. If you're thinking right now, I don't like people uh, pigeonholing me. I don't want to Mm -hmm. be pigeonholed. Well, that's part of your temperament. I mean, right, if you right. hang in there, we'll, we'll, you'll see why you're thinking like that. Yeah. And uh, it's because part of your temperament is that, sure. that shape. You're that shape. You want to be the, you're this leadership t- type person and, and you want right. to you want to feel like you're the one in charge and just hang yeah. in there. I would just say, sure. don't make a judgment until we're done. Yeah. Once we're done and you've looked at all the facts, then
0: go ahead and make a judgment. Let's go through the facts. Yeah. Here yeah, we yeah, go. Yeah. So the first personality type, or sorry, they're not technically personality types, they're uh, temperaments. The first yeah. temperament is sanguine. These people are typically very extroverted, they have a lot of friends, but let me, um, let me run through their weaknesses and then their strengths. So their weaknesses of a sanguine temperament are they are impulsive, they're chronically late, they're shameless, they're forgetful, they're compulsive talkers, they're too loud... They're sometimes too happy, they're distractible, they're not interested in following through with tasks that are boring, they're self-absorbed, they're exaggerators, and they appear often inauthentic. But here are their strengths. The strengths of a person like that are that they're very sociable, they're very charismatic, they're very outgoing, they're confident, they are warm-hearted, they're pleasant, they're lively, they're optimistic, they're fun-loving, they're spontaneous, they are a preventer of dull moments, they are a quick apologizer, and they make friends easily. So that's just kind of like a quick run-through of one of the four types of um, of the ups and downs of each type. So the next type is choleric. This is more uh, dad's shape. Dad is very... Um, would Sorry, how would I describe you That is work? Dad is very um, good at initiating conflict. If you ever were in a crisis moment, and hundreds of people know this because hundreds of people have called Dad in a crisis moment, um, he's the type of person you would call uh, because he is very um, willing to enter conflict and find some kind of peace in. Um, a resolution, he, yeah. I'm yes. willing
1: to get in the battle. I'm just yeah. willing. That's so
0: he's, he's, he's a, aggressive um, in, in yeah. good and bad ways. But um, but So we're going to go through the weaknesses and then the strengths. The weaknesses of a choleric uh, temperament are they're aggressive, they're domineering, they're inflexible, they're often impatient, they're often rude and tactless, they're often argumentative, they're often unable to relax, uncomfortable around emotion. Often low on empathy, discouraged by failures, too busy for people, intolerant, a leader who demands loyalty. The strengths of a choleric temperament are they're very ambitious, they're very passionate, they're very leader like, they're very focused, they're efficient, they're practical, they're good at planning, good at problem solving, confident, motivating, they are delegators, they're usually right and they are great in an emergency. So if that sounds like you, um, That's it. if that sounds like you, then, then hopefully the... the uh,
1: And let me show, yeah. since we're on that, yeah. and, and think of your temperament, but mine is that, yeah. and it really did, um, I really do have to slow down and consider others. Like, I'm so busy, ready to move the furniture in a room that I don't even notice the people in the room. Right that I've got to stop for a minute and acknowledge people cuz I will blow those over people. Yeah. To to finish the room, to change the room. Right. If that makes sense and that's yeah. that that's the weakness. The the strength is I'm willing to change the room. I'm willing yeah. to put the couch on the other wall. Right, right. I'll go ahead and put it over there. Right. And most people are like, we can't put that over there. Right. <laughs> I'm so used right. to it being right here. I just got used to it being here. Yeah. So I'm quick to change, but I got to be careful the beauty of this temperament and bringing it to the surface is I can see where I need to be a little bit more sensitive sure. and a little bit more alert to what, where I may run into some trouble. Right, and I've, this. I've
0: seen that as you've gotten older, like yeah. the way you are now versus the way when you were when I was a kid, you know? Yeah. Like, for example, if you're the guy who fixes everything in a crisis, then you mm-hmm. start to become known as that person. Right, And then people associate you with you know, fixing a crisis and not with, like, you know, hey, let's go see a movie or something like that, you know what I mean? Right, And so I, you know, over the years, we all kind of, like, identify the areas where we're weak and sort of, and and find ways to try to, like, mitigate that. So these are not, like, things which you can't push back against, but the real goal is to create some kind of understanding within each of you on the weaknesses you have. So, for example, I have a real difficult time um, we'll go into melancholy feeling, yeah yeah we'll, we'll get into that we'll go get into that. that yeah first yeah. do the melancholy All right, so the, and Jack's yeah. gonna
1: start talking about himself you're gonna like this you're gonna like a lot yeah yeah, you know, yeah. you'll so see this... why he's doing the podcast even it'll kind of make sense to you. go with
0: that so this is me to a T really so the uh, the third one I want to go through is the melancholic temperament the weaknesses are that they're obsessive they're too cautious they're prone to depression they're prone to moodiness they're pessimistic Sorry, they're pessimistic, they're perfectionistic, difficult to please, deeply affected by tragedy. They are often people with tunnel vision, sometimes a procrastinator, and often discontent with themselves and others, and prone to play the martyr. So, um, for a person like me, uh, I struggle a lot with um, letting everything be, for me, like within my personal life, letting everything be good enough, even just for like an hour, so that I can, uh, so that I can just like relax and, and sort of turn my brain off and just enjoy anything, you know what I mean? So I have a hard time enjoying things. I've, the things I enjoy most are, I guess, are trying to tackle some complex, uh, you know, moral topic or something like that, or maybe even doing a podcast, something like this, where I feel like, um things are being used, but it's not that healthy to only feel enjoyment when, um, you know, when you're problem solving. And I just have very, I have very little grace uh, with myself. And often when I hear other people say that, I'm like, look, you're fifty pounds overweight, looks like you got some grace with yourself. Um but uh but yeah. but uh <laughs> but <I love laughs> that's my point though, you know what I mean? Like yes. it's very scathing, it's very rough and sort of raw in, in the bad ways, uh in, inside my mind, you know what I mean, often. And so um you well, know, so me mercy on, on mer- so I'm low in
1: mercy, you might yeah. say. And, and let me throw this in on Zach if you wanted to have a bridge built that actually carried a semi over the top of it, you'd get a melancholy involved, because right. melancholies will dissect and intersect all the problems to, the, to a T to the right. point where they'll figure out where the, the I-beam steel needs to go, and how much yeah. of a weld needs to be put on it, yeah. so that you can drive an 18-wheeler over it you don't want yeah. a sanguine necessarily running the engineering on a bridge yeah. Yeah. So quickly, I know Zach has painted a real... And this is a realistic picture. I mean, they do deal with these things. But I'm telling you, without them, without the strengths of this man who is... These are the people usually that'll cure cancer. Someone like this. They'll look Mm -hmm. at the problem so much, they'll
0: figure Mm -hmm. the cure for cancer. Keep going. Yeah, and I appreciate you saying that. And and I guess that is what we're going to get to here with the strengths. That me doing this podcast is a way to instead of um, just kind of hate myself for the shape I have, try to go, well, how could another person who's not like you get something out of it? You know, how could you take what you have there and give it to someone who is wrestling their, you know, toddler today, and, and how could it be of use to them, um, you know? And maybe could could that create, could some understanding of the shape create a little bit of um, mercy when I when I am... In my off time, and I am struggling to enjoy things, rather than again, rather than say oh, that's bad. I shouldn't be like that. Just go. Well, it's normal that a person like me would feel this way, but it's not necessary. Everything's okay. <laughs> it's gonna be all right. And then, uh, and then move into the strengths. So here are the strengths of a melancholic temperament. The strengths are: these people are thoughtful. They're considerate. They're cautious. They're organized. They're often excessive planners. They're schedule-oriented, they're very detailed, they're highly creative in poetry, art, and invention, they're independent and good at preventing problems. And so, you know, things like this podcast, or writing songs, and, um, uh... And building
1: bridges, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. I drive over those bridges down Atlanta, down that Spaghetti Junction, I'm
0: thinking,
1: there's 15 trucks on this bridge with me. Yeah. And I'm thanking God somebody stayed up late that night to figure that out. Yeah. And that's the melancholy. The yeah. melancholies will, they'll drill down on every detail to get it right to the point yeah. where
0: they're not at the bowling alley for an extra beer. Yeah. They're figuring it out. Yeah. And, and something that me and dad talked about um, a couple, a week or so ago is that um, one of the reasons that I wire up this way is it is I have a slightly different uh, path to feeling at peace than some people do. So, for example, the way that I feel at peace is knowing where every piece of the puzzle is. Even if the puzzle is very, very dark, even if the picture of the world is very, very grim, I as soon as I know where all the pieces are and I feel like I can trust each of them, then I feel, I feel totally at peace, even if it's a real dark situation. If I don't know the pieces, that's when I go into panic. Where some people go into panic when they realize how grim the situation is that is not how i work i'd much rather have have the picture you know what i mean and
1: zach let let me say this personality and zach really helped me out of a i had a lifelong fear of a situation that i was as a child i was put in front of a documentary and Mm -hmm. um uh charles manson yeah documentary and I was yeah. nine years old I went into panic t- attacks at, and I went, had like a season of panic attacks that lasted about a year mm. as a nine-year-old and so I just was worried about dying and about mm. all the bloodshed I seen and all that uh, Zach just Zach's personality his temperament right here this melancholy temperament I spent a lifelong uh, being kind of tormented with this and Zach just spelled out one day and said Oh, he's just a college kid dealing with drug addiction or whatever and just yeah, he, and rejection. Well, he was going a, through
0: rejection he, and just a, like anyone he's, else. He's a cult leader. He wants sex and power, and that's what we all want. So <laughs>
1: Yeah, so, well, as soon as he, as soon as you said
0: that, I was like, "Yeah.
1: Oh, it was so mystical. The fear sure. was mystical." Right. To me. Yeah. But since you're willing to look at every piece, to you, you just said, "Oh yeah, he just deals with yeah. you know blank." You he, know? Want,
0: he wants sex and power, and and he, like a toddler, he'll do whatever to you to get what he wants. Yeah, so. and that just
1: when as soon as you said that, air would just went out of the room. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, or, so the last
0: the last temperament um, is phlegmatic. These people are often um, introverted, but before I say too much about that, let me just read the weaknesses and strengths. So the weaknesses of a phlegmatic temperament. that they are sometimes shy, they are fearful of change, they are prone to laziness, they are often stubborn, they are passive-aggressive, they are indecisive, they are permissive, they are not goal-oriented, they are unenthusiastic, they are often too compromising, they are undisciplined, they are often sarcastic, discouraging, and non-participative. The strengths of a phlegmatic personality are that they are relaxed, they are quiet, they are calm, they're content with themselves they're kind, they're consistent they're steady and faithful friends they're accepting they're affectionate, they're diplomatic they're peacemaking they're rational, they're curious, observant and they often make friends easily This seems like to me it seems like the type of person that um, that has friends for a long long time you know what I mean yeah and you know I'm just sitting here when you went over that list and I you know the
1: first Adam and Eve Adam, I'm thinking Adam could have been <laughs> phlegmatic, you know what I mean? i just think yeah. he wasn't that engaged in what really was going on. He just chilling. Yeah. He had his friend, he had a Eve there, and he was just, like, rolling with it. Yeah. And, uh, so, but both
0: of these, uh, anyway. both kind of um, phlegmatic and melancholy have some overlap. But um, the reason I, I bring these things up is, let's say, um, for example, you don't like small talk, and... Uh, or something like that, right? You get in small talk, people talk about pointless things, that conversations that never go anywhere, and um, so in your snobbery, you kind of like look down on that, right? It's something I've done a, a lot of my life or whatever. Be, okay, so the answer to that would be, well, where can you, wh- what kind of conversation do you want to have? And how can you give that to someone? You know what I mean? And um, if you don't like small talk, what are the big ideas you do want to talk about, and how could you do it in a way you know that that helps the average person and um another thing is um just to i guess this is the takeaway from all this stuff uh, about the temperaments is how do the things you are most how is the pain you are most prone to useful um and what is the upside of it because typically our area of vulnerability also is is kind of like a superpower and when the moment arises you know what i mean so that that's where I want to go with the temperaments. I hope that some of this has been uh, helpful for you in mm-hmm. in kind of mapping out um, where you are. It, this is not a perfect science. This is just a simple mm-hmm. categorization, but mm-hmm. but it can help get. Sorry, it can help you get a little bit closer of figuring out um, yeah. where you might be strong and where you can build strength. Yeah. Maybe you have all the weaknesses and none of the strengths. That yeah. all that means is that. It's not necessarily going to be easy to build these strengths, but it will be easier. That's good. When I um, when I started playing guitar, I could tell that I was really bad. But I could tell, like every person that starts playing guitar, but I could tell that I was gaining ground at a pace that the people around me were not gaining ground. Right. So, so the fact that I was super bad was not an indicator to stop, because, uh, and so you That's know, and good. it and it wouldn't be for you either if you feel like you just are reveling in, in the weaknesses without the strengths. Um, You just want some strings that would be as easy as possible to build. That doesn't mean they'll be easy to build. Um, And then, so the next thing I want to go into um, is an understanding of What's called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. The basic well, exactly. idea... Yeah.
1: Before we jump over there, yeah.
0: now, now I don't have to keep looking at the Chip and Dale
1: dancers. You know what <laughs> I mean? I mean, really... It is quite useful, I guess. Yeah. The temperaments indicated that I would have some leadership qualities. Like, I could do a number of things. Yeah. Yeah, I'm willing to change the furniture in the room. change it. That means I, I can be useful in a lot of ways where and you know all I knew was that I'd be a dancer. I mean I Mm -hmm. could be a dancer. No one nailed any of that down. So
0: yeah as we close
1: closed the page on this part of it, um, it opened up so much of my thinking to all these possibilities that I can even like uh support my own shape and go, you know what, I'd actually be good in this. Whatever. Yeah. So No that's
0: that's that's hugely useful, you know. So let me I'm just gonna
1: and I don't think I'd be that good of a dancer. Let me just say that. I'm five foot six, okay? <laughs> My mother had that love for her child and you know, yeah, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty built and I have a but I'm five foot nothing. Yeah, I mean really, come on mom.
0: Yeah, and they would be like, Sir, why are you keep trying to invade our personal uh, space or whatever I mean
1: those guys have picked their teeth with me, you know what I mean? I'm five foot nothing. Go
0: with it. Alright, so the the next thing we're gonna go to in the talk is a thing called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. The basic idea is that the needs that every human has uh, have a certain logic to them. They have a a certain order to them. And the reason we're going into this is not just to feel smart. The other reason is that there's there's a real use in having a kind of understanding and grace with yourself that is not fake, that is not just like, um, you know, I'm going to... Uh, indulge in all the things I like and call that self-care or something like that. There's a real, um, there's a legitimate way to have some mercy with yourself, and that is to understand the needs that every human has. And there's a verse in scripture that Paul wrote about the things which I want to do, I do not do, and the things that I don't want to do, I do. So this is really rooted in that, in that Let's say you have a goal of owning a business, or maybe you have a goal of being the father or mother that you never had, or just some like really high goal that you really want to die with this being done. Yeah. But, but on your road to that goal, you find yourself intentionally self-destructing, intentionally tearing down the plan because of some sort of like self-sabotage. That indicates that there are some needs. On th- which are not being met. So if you if you leave needs unmet, you'll end up meeting them in a destructive way, yes. whether it be through cocaine or pornography or whatever yes. it is. Yes. If you don't meet it the right way, you will meet it the wrong way. So turning off the need will not work. That's right. And shaming yourself and then trying to turn off the need also will not work. The only thing that actually works is to meet the need in an above-board way. This is excellent. So something like pornography is actually less driven by a need for sex, and it's more driven by a need for self-respect. And so, uh, so look for ways, for example, that you might be able to, in your own opinion, um, be worthy of respect. And this gets a little tricky because sometimes our gauges are off, but it is useful to look at the things that you respect in other people and then, in a very sober way, go, how can I go in that direction? You don't have to become who they become, and it can be very easy for us to fall into this thing where, like, if we're not rich and famous, we're not significant or something like that. Yes. And God, and to other humans, there is some truth to that. Yes. But to God, it's it's different, right? So, yes. he does not wire up like we do in that regard. Let me, let me throw this in for
1: the believers that yeah. are feeling like, oh, wait a minute, this didn't come out of Romans, so I'm not sure this is uh this sounds like a college classroom or something so let me calm you down let me say this to you as you go down go through this as that goes through this scale of needs you ask yourself where does franklin graham's ministry what what category is his ministry where does it park and you're going to find out that it's huge where it parks where the needs were he goes in behind a national disaster Mm -hmm. let's call a hurricane a tsunami Yep. We're going in there. He's going in there and meeting one of those primary needs. And let me ask you, when it's real interesting. You can ask yourself, if you're the believer out there that thinks that you, you want to figure out where this fits in. your. You just ask yourself, what, which one of these categories really makes your, your heart kind of jump? Yeah. And some people love to be rebuilding a city after a uh, hurricane comes through and meeting those needs. Other people like me and Zach right now, we want to help people pull out of a pit of, de- of depression or, you know, there's we're up there in that esteem category. We're up there trying to help people put their mind on, the, mm-hmm. the, their head on their shoulders. Yeah, but but things, wherever yeah. it is, you're helping a human being kind of stand up and get mm-hmm. their head up. And and where and it, it starts with the basic needs. And so you just decide which one of these is maybe where you would minister to somebody.
0: Mm-hmm. So a few things on that, one being, um, so the first question, this talk is based around three questions. The first one is, who am I? How do I figure that out? So that's the temperaments. The second one is, why can't I change? So the reason we're going through this is that we want to understand if you can't change, but you, in theory, want to change, why is it not working? Why is it falling off the rails? Yes. And to your point about this not being directly from Scripture... That, that goes to a bigger point which is anything that is true is not outside of God's purview That's it's right. either not true which is very possible or it's inside of God's purview but there's right. nothing which is true which is outside of God's purview all right so Amen. Um, so we're gonna I'm gonna walk through so the the structure I know you can't see it but the structuring of the the way this um, kind of graph is laid out is is like a pyramid so the bottom part of the pyramid is physiological needs. These are things like air, water, food, shelter, sleep, and clothing. These are the very first needs which need to be met. If these needs are not met, um, you know, then then we have trouble, right? So the first needs to meet are air, water, food, shelter, and sleep. The next needs are safety needs. These are needs of personal security, of employment, of resources, of health, and of property. Once those needs are met, then you move on to love and belonging. Then you move on to things like friendship, intimacy, family, and sense of connection. This is a huge category where, where I think maybe the biggest category where people go off the rails when when they want to become someone, they want their life to become something, but they self-destruct is because they're too alone. In today's world, problem number one to me is loneliness. I agree. So if you want so I let's say that. at the top of your pyramids meaning at your ideal life is some very um far off thing like i want to be the dad i never had or some very noble goal but you self-destruct it is most likely that the reason you self-destruct on purpose over and over again is because you are too alone in that desire maybe you have bad friends that do sketchy things and then when you try to be on the straight and narrow you do it totally by yourself or for men generally men tend to live totally by themselves forever like it like a male friendship is like barely a friendship i agree like come on come it's on. it's very common that me and another guy would just know ourselves would know each other for 10 years hang out every week for 10 years and at the end know about the same we knew at the beginning so <laughs> Um, So that kind of thing So we can act like there's no Consequence to that But then when you self-destruct Because no one really knows who you are Because you don't really let anyone in Do not act surprised First you need air, food, water, shelter Sleep and clothing Then you need employment, health Mm -hmm. and property And then you need Friendship, family And sense of connection Once all those things are met Then you need things like respect Self-esteem, status, recognition, strength, and freedom. These are in the category of esteem. Then at the very top, once all of these needs are met, you get to what they call self-actualization, which is a fancy word for becoming everything you could be. So when all of the other needs are met, then you really focus on the very top, which is the desire to become the most that your life can be. And again, this does not need to end in you being famous or rich or anything. It's way more meaningful than that. It's it's way deeper than that. Um, mm-hmm. But but we can't just like wish that, uh, that we'll go in that direction and then ignore all the normal human needs we have and then wind up there. So we want to figure out in each of us there's a tendency to self-destruct, to kind of uh, fear change, or maybe you really are pushing that direction and it still doesn't work. And so if you find yourself unable to change, it is likely because you are, you know, your leg is bleeding. It's not It's not that your philosophy is wrong, it's that your leg is bleeding. <laughs> That's right. You know, and That's so I, I think of that with myself, you know, I'm a very uh, temperament, I'm very philosophically minded, right? But a lot of times I'm just like, no, it's way simpler than that. You know what I mean? I didn't wake up at the right time. I didn't go to sleep at the right time. I Come forgot on. to eat, and now I'm wondering why I, I don't feel right. It's just you know what I mean. Yes. And and so that kind of thing. Very good. Where exactly. often very good. Often it's an unromantic thing that is uh, more important than we thought it was because it's, uh, it was because it's yes. less glamorous than we wanted like it to. be eating. Right. It's very like good. Like eating rhythm, consistently at on. a similar time Come over on. and over again. These things are not glamorous. And I believe, Zach, with
1: uh, with the breakdown of the of the nuclear family that or the breakdown of yeah. just uh, family structure as we've yeah. known it, um, you know, even the moms now are all out breadwinning and yeah. uh, not not bread making. They're bread winning. <laughs> you know, they used to make bread a hundred years ago. Something
0: I heard the other day is you that know, the the valuing of like the status of motherhood is very low which is so so someone might say something like oh i'm just a mom. You know what i'm saying? Yes. Meanwhile, like just a mom is like a contradiction in terms. It is. A, a mom is a builds the world for the people who are her children. Yes. Like everything they know about everything yes. comes from her beliefs and her wisdom and her knowledge. She builds the entire model of the world for the children in her home. Come on, man. Meanwhile, no. A person who has a job, you know, they—they're no. they, they, building the they dream. Organize, Listen, what they're doing—they organize bills or whatever. Like they're they, building you know. the dream
1: of the guy they work for, right? He has and that's a, okay, and that's fine. But but, but, but just but, call it what it but is. Just
0: a mom is not no yeah. no no. That's very good, Zach. And, is and very religious good. people have enough sense to not go along with the culture in this way. The culture says that the real thing you should do is go get a bigger desk with a bigger title on it, and I'm just not so sure. That that's the thing that you're going to die uh, being happy you happy did. You. Come on now. Um, so, on. the first thing is, who am I? The second thing is, why can't I change? And the last thing is, what do I aim at? So, what do we... What is the thing? This ties into what we are just talking about, but what do you want to die having done? What do you aim at? So, one way I've thought about this is a way to calculate what is good rather than just... Uh, something which is you know okay what is actually good what is sort of self-sustainingly good and there's something about good things which you do not need you to there's something about goodness when you see it it does not need your confirmation it does not need you to say that it's good it does not need you to uh, add anything to it it is self-sufficient but one way um, of categorizing good, because I had someone ask me to, um, to give a definition for it, and it's, it's not the easiest word to define, but one way um, that I, I chose to define it was good is a pleasure that time doesn't disprove. So if it is pleasurable, but it is a type of pleasure that gets better with time, not worse, then it is good. So something like cocaine is definitely a pleasure, but with time, it time disproves cocaine as a viable long-term strategy, as a, as a Very as good. the as yes. the as the mountain to climb. But there are other things, which time proves true, this is and those things are good. The last thing I want to talk about is well. well let me stop yeah. you there
1: on good, and I and I believe this every one of you, if you put your finger down right now where you are, whoever's listening to us right now, if you don't understand what Zach just explained, and uh, Zach's been through a lot to get where he's at, but, and we all have, you have too, to get where you are, wherever you are, you listener, but if you put your finger down there, where you are, if you can't, if you can't experience good, or if you, if the word good is not in your vocabulary it's not a part of your experience in life then you really need to throw a flare up Mm. you need to throw a flare up you need to get into some more podcasts you need to you need to search more with more of your whole heart Mm -hmm. because good is a it's a vital word Mm. it's vital to to living Mm. you it's got to be a part of what something you could do, just describe as part of your life. And so, don't give up. Point mm. is, is, is stay up a little later. Maybe brush your teeth in a different direction. Do something to keep mm. searching for good. That's Be- a great
0: point because yeah. what, what we can easily do is we can feel that good is a club and we're on the outside of that club. Right. And that is not... <laughs> The, the tendency to put to keep you out of the club, there's nothing good about that necessarily right. now there are times to, there actually are times to put up boundaries on things but that, but that need to put up the boundary is because we are all humans yeah. so, so if we in, in like the pure sort of goodness of God, he, I think he just goes over all that stuff, but we are all limited so we do have to do that, but to your point, we have this idea of what a good life would be or would have been then that picture falls apart, and we're now in no man's land. Come on, and we and it's and we spend years in this sort of like wasteland of just uh, sort of shame and you know pain. A, exactly at the, right. at the falling of that picture.
1: That's exactly right, and that's where maybe the word forgiveness takes a new twist in your world. Take courage. The Bible says take courage, and I think maybe the biggest word in. In the Bible, could be the word courage. Courage is another word, maybe for change. Take another look at it, and look at this forgiveness thing, because, like Zach said, your picture could have crumbled; mm. it could have been torn in half; it could have been totally stepped on. Mm. But let's let's not settle till you start mm. experiencing some good. Mm. And, and just don't settle for it. I, mm. I mean, you're obviously not. You're listening to this podcast. You got through this far. That means you're searching hard. And so, but let's throw the word forgiveness up here on the table. Yeah. Just take a good look. Say, is there someone I'm holding down? Is there someone I'm handcuffed to with this bitterness? Mm. Because that set me free uh, in a lot of ways. That's where I could start experiencing the word good. I don't want to throw the word freedom in there. I don't, sure. I don't want to throw you all over the place. I just know sure. that from my experience... So, for your I, experience, yeah.
0: releasing resentment and yes. experiencing good are deeply tied.
1: Yeah, they're tied together. Mm-hmm. they tied together in my experience. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that I had to do homework in that area. Mm-hmm. But it's when the pain in my life got so great that it forced me to go on a different frontier that I was not going to be necessarily going on. Mm-hmm. But I ended, ended out on this frontier because the pain was so great Mm. if that's you and you're listening your pain is just you're sick and tired of being sick and tired let me throw the word uh forgiveness in there let's just go ahead Mm. with it you just go ahead and 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 see if that might be able to alleviate some of some bitterness or some of the things that are anchoring you down so that maybe the word good now can be a
0: part of your daily experience right and and that's that's fascinating so you might think, well, I don't have resentment towards anyone. Like I don't, I can't think of anyone that I'm holding a grudge against. It's very possible, and this again, when other people say this, I get skeptical. But it's very possible, in a legitimate way, that you're holding that kind of grudge towards yourself, mm-hmm. and that yes. the fact that you didn't become uh, a rock star or whatever—that's a silly example, but whatever—the yeah, fact that the the dream fell is something that you just absolutely cannot cope with. So you just you try to wrestle with it over and over and over and over and over, you can't get through it, then you go back to the vice and, and we start all over again. Yes. So the the answer to that is that there the reason you can forgive yourself is not because you should let yourself off the hook and because morality is arbitrary and you should just take it easy. I I, mm-hmm. I don't believe any of that. The reason you can forgive yourself is that God is not equal in size to you He's definitely not smaller than you. So he's you are just a very small part of the world, a very small part of the story he's telling. So your relative smallness in size is a cause for peace, not for insecurity. God God sees every detail of your life and the beauty and the weight of all those details. But he is his story is so much bigger that you can relax a little bit and go it is the kindness of God that is the reason that you can have mercy with mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. you do not need to generate it in yourself yes. you do not need to tell yourself happy nothings in the yeah. mirror necessarily yes. it is the kindness of God in a submission to the kindness of God a submission to the mercy of God which is the reason that that mm. is legitimate it is a act of faith to step into the mercy. And to say, God, I will become mm-hmm. smaller, my model of the world, my model of why I don't deserve this, my model of being in charge, my desire to be in charge, I will put that down for just a moment Come and on. say, whatever you have for me mm-hmm. that is good, please give it to me.
1: It was really hard for me to realize, and then I, as I simplify, as I look back and just in a snapshot, I really wanted to be God And when I was dealing with major depression and my world did fall apart, but who said I was in charge of the world? I mean, that was weird. I mean, it was weird. I really thought I was in charge of my world, and I grew up yeah. real insecure with a lot of trust issues. So yeah. it really, I slipped into what I thought was a God seat, not calling it that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't calling it any of that. That would have been too dramatic. But yeah. I, I really was playing the prime minister of the universe. And yeah. I, when, when things didn't go right, I'm like, I'm shattered. I'm broke.
0: And I mean the, I was down and the, I was out. I wasn't just down, I was out. And God you know, God has mercy on the fear underneath why you feel the need to do that. Right. If if I could see right. your life if I could hear you tell me about your life for a couple hours and have empathy on why you might go there, then God certainly does. Amen. He really does. Um so. but this goes back the reason this all ties back to the temperaments. The reason temperaments are important is so you have a dream of what good looks like you have a vision of what a good life is that dream falls apart that dream dies the more you know the shape you have the more you might be able to see that you have a few options you have you have different you can build new good futures you know Mm -hmm. that you can you can take the matter you have and turn it into several different things so that's excellent for example i've said this before but if something is surprising and honest it will be funny so every time you laugh at something you typically laugh at it because it's surprising and honest. You identify something about it that yes. caught you off guard, and there's something about it which is true. Yes. That is how humor works. So if you were to look at yourself as a human being that way, as in just a cold, uh, yes. rational way, what would a person with the, the traits that you have, what are a couple things they could do? Yes. It isn't just one. It isn't just yes. rock star. If it, you were your are...
1: own life coach yeah. and you were you were kind of reviewing your life as a coach, what would you tell yourself? Yeah. You maybe say, "Hey, you could do this too. You could do that too. You, you, you just yeah. don't worry. I know this per, particular dream isn't seem to come together, but yeah. you have the you have the
0: desires that could overlap in all these other areas that could bring you tons of joy. Your yeah, goodness." And we have our, our culture values like a certain kind of thing and not much else. So by the cultural standards, you do have to be rich or famous, and then, you know, that's where happiness comes from. But you don't have to look into that that long before you realize that that's not quite right. <laughs> One of the
1: happiest men I know is a man He's about 65 years old, and he, uh, two, about five years ago, started working with the teenagers in his church. That has brought him so much joy. Mm-hmm. He lights up the room when we talk about the topic. He is, the kids love him. They all use him as a surrogate uh, dad or granddad. Mm-hmm. He is just, the, he, is lit on, he is lit on fire, this guy. And, yeah. it's because, and, he, and he will tell you he had no idea that he'd be in these shoes working with the teens. Yeah. He always thought he'd be somewhere else and whatever. I mean, so d- that's Zach's point. Take some of the things that, if you were your own life coach, some of the things you're desiring, and using your temperament, and using some of the things, and say, all right, what are some things I'd enjoy? Mm -hmm. Start looking side to side a little bit here, and look around a little bit. And
0: then the last thing, this is the thing I want to wrap all this up with, is where do your pain and your personality overlap? That life is not, as a religious person, life is not purely about the seeking of pleasure but happiness is a little bit of a different thing than pleasure happiness involves both conflict and relaxation and it it involves kind of all of it It, it, it's it's on it's being on a meaningful path and and walking with God to the end of your life on that meaningful path come what may and so in that way let me give an example here I have a friend of mine who's
1: a believer and he's 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 40 years old and he said this to me two days ago mm. after leaving Mexico on a mission trip. He mm-hmm. said he has made a declaration that he would not go on vacations without some type of meaningful reason mm. during the vacation. Mm. And it's and it's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. True happiness has some type of conflict. Mm-hmm. So here he is in some type of meaning, which has some conflict in it, some mm-hmm. resolution of conflict, mm-hmm. some type of helping others, and some type some type of meaning in it happiness has some of that it's mm-hmm. not just a mm-hmm. a popsicle or a,
0: mm-hmm.
1: a, a ride on a roller coaster or it's not just an experience
0: yeah and and so for a person like me who's more comfortable in the conflict than in the peace it is also it's really just the ability to say god whatever this moment calls for let me be fully in this moment if you need me to go into a burning building yes if you need me to sit on this chair and appreciate the trees that are around me unironically to unironically be grateful for the world and, and the peace that I'm sitting in then yes may That's I be good. able to do both things That's good. so where do your pain and your personality overlap this is where meaning it comes from this is kind of like the path that will that meaning will be found in is if you took the pain that you have come through, that you have overcome, and then you took your personality type, your your temperament, your shape, if you, where do these things overlap? So for me, personality-wise, the things that fit my personality are things like this podcast and things like the articles that I've been writing. That stuff fits into my personality makeup. But my pain indicates what I write about, what this podcast is about. So it's always yeah. about depression, it's about meaning, it's about... God it's about feeling like God's far away whatever it's about the things that I that we talk about here are deeply tied to my personal pain that's right and and that's hoping right. that something about it can take you and whatever you're dealing with out of it so the overlap of my personality and my pain is this podcast right here
1: yes. so but
0: what would that be for you if you took the shape you have introverted extroverted whatever those temperaments uh, that, that you have are, and then you would take the pain that you have come out of. Where do those things overlap? It is not necessarily to just run from pain and just, you know, and be in a happy la-la land. How do you take the pain that you're out of, a, a ditch that you are perhaps sometimes still in, but generally what's something you've already come out of that a person is currently at the bottom of? What's a hole that you're standing on the outside of that someone else is standing at the bottom of? And how could you use your personality to bridge that gap? Amen. And that is uh, that is where the meaning is often found. Jordan yes. Peterson once said, "The meaning of life is to alleviate unnecessary suffering." Yes. And where you, might your personality and your pain be used to alleviate unnecessary suffering in the world? I love it. I hope this has been useful for you guys, Very and good. I hope whatever you're dealing with today, that this has been of some encouragement. Hey, love you guys. God bless.